I'm Alex Trepchinski. I'm Angie Check. I'm Barbara Stewart. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I'm Marin Green. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Valerie Jacobson. And this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. What is up, my fam? Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 45. We're getting up there. 45 of the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. And we're, I'm just like getting started here. I feel like the guests I've been bringing on, it's just getting richer and richer and richer. And um, today's guest is no exception. It's my good friend, Jason Leister. Jason is the co-founder of freedomworkspca.org. He is married to Marin Green, who is a dear friend of mine. We have a podcast together called The Midwife, uh, the one about the midwife and the OB. And she and I met when she asked me to come and teach for her, her midwifery school, which is called Indie Birth. And I got, so I got to know Marin really, really well. And I, I learned through her story and reading her book that she at some point decided, you know what, I want to give my license back to the state. I don't want to be practicing under the supervision of the government, which has nothing to do or, or has really no insight into what the life is of a clinician, particularly a midwife, which is a very intimate relationship. Midwifery is. It's an intimate relationship between provider and client much more intimate than the relationship between a doctor and their patient. So why would a government you know, body, a, a legislative body, have anything to say, whether it was relevant or not, why would they have anything to say about how a midwife practices? And so she decided, you know what, to hell with it. I'm not going to practice under a license. I don't need your permission to do the thing that I'm trained to do. She gave the license back. And then they had to figure it out as a couple, how are we going to do this? and stay out of, you know, the line of fire of the legislative bodies that want you to pay them money for permission to do the thing that you've invested and sacrificed so much to learn to do. So that conversation should be relevant for anybody in any profession. And while it is important that some people, you know, that that we have licensure and we have training programs and that people, you know, have, have studied and trained hard enough to do the things that they claim to be able to do, which is a separate conversation. At some point, there's a, there's a bit of overreach from the, from the government as to what women can do with their bodies and who can call themselves midwives and who can practice as physicians. And I'm very comfortable and confident in my skills, my abilities to manage emergencies, etc. I know that, and my clients know that. And if there's something I'm not comfortable with, I just tell them, hey, it's not something I know how to do, right? I'm not your guy. But again, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me to do that. And then certainly I don't need to pay thousands of dollars per year for that piece of paper. So what are you going to do without a license? You're going to be perhaps charged with practicing medicine without a license if you're in a state that doesn't give you the option to license as a midwife, like the state of New York, um, which now is coming around to this. But back when Liz Catlin, a good friend of mine who was also on the podcast, was arrested and charged with all these felony felonies for practicing medicine without a license or midwifery without a license in that case, you have to wonder, like, would you rather have Liz Catlin at your birth, who's this respectful, honest, genuinely caring midwife who has got years of practice under her belt, including, I think she has... Oh gosh, I can't even remember. It's I think it's more than ten children of her own. Like she is a birth keeper through and through. And the person, you know, uh that she was caring for whenever she was finally charged with, with all these felonies didn't press charges. It was some anonymous person in a hospital. But anyways, I digress. What sorts of avenues can a person take if they don't want to practice? Uh, if they don't want to have to ask permission from the state to do what they want to do. I'm not saying that this path is for everybody. I, I'm asking it as a, a true conjecture of anybody listening. Do we need, if a person is really, really good at cutting hair, are you not going to be willing to pay the money to cut hair because they don't have a license hanging on the wall? So it's it's a philosophical question. And for those who have decided that, hey, like Marin did and Jason did, that, hey, I'm going to do this on my own two feet and contract privately with my with my clients and not have to ask permission to do it because I know what I'm capable of and I'll be upfront with patients who want to hire me to do things I'm not comfortable with that, hey, maybe I'm not your person. Well, that's when a private contract association comes in place. It's also sometimes called a private membership association. 
And FreedomWorks PCA was born out of Jason's journey through and navigating through the, the world of private associations and, not, and finding that a lot of companies claim to do this, but don't really know how to set them up. So at FreedomWorks PCA, Jason and his team does this for birth workers, especially, but any healthcare professionals, including myself, who want to be free of the system and the regulations posed upon medical professionals who are the ones with the skills and have the opportunity to contract with people privately. This is the answer that they came up with. He was finding that a lot of the PCA companies, these companies writing these, weren't doing a, a thorough job and he wanted to start something of his own. And so um, that's how FreedomWorks PCA was born. And I've, I've found such mentorship through Jason and Marin that I wanted to have Jason come on the show and share some of his wisdom. And that's exactly what he does. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jason Leister. Jason, welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. So great to, to see you. Uh, I haven't seen you since before the, uh, I guess it was even before Christmas. It was like a, a month or so ago. We went to uh, visit you and Marin, who's another good friend of mine. She's a midwife and um, she runs the um, Indie Birth Midwifery Program. But I had the privilege of meeting you as, a, you know, by means of becoming friends with her. And you and I have also done some work together. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. It's not directly related to birth work, but I'm getting more and more people reaching out, talking to me about my private association and what does it mean to operate or to manage a private association? What is the, what are the legal and tax ramifications? Like, what are we really talking about here? So I hope we can kind of give the surface level 15,000 foot view of what this looks like and what you and your company, FreedomWorks, really has to offer people who are looking to care for women on their patient's terms effectively, right? As a private sort of negotiation between the provider and the patient. So, so Jason, welcome. Um, why don't you talk, tell me first a little bit about what is a private association? What are we talking about here? Well, I think to answer that question, it's helpful to understand a little more about the nature of the situation we're actually in in what we call like normal life. Um, because if you've ever seen the matrix movie, it's very, I mean, I, I watched that movie thinking it was a cool movie yeah. a neat story. I don't even know how it got made, frankly, but as the years have gone by, I've realized just how true that is mm -hmm. in its own way. Um, that we are basically all living in this universe that we think is real. I mean, we can see it. We, feel like it's got boundaries and structures and we have to navigate it. But I guess you could say the nature of it isn't necessarily made as plain as it might be. Right. So that the people who are in it actually understand what's going on. So most people, let's midwives, doctors, whatever, healthcare people know that there is a path to doing what they like in the world and that certain regulations govern that journey. Certain rules have to be followed. Certain credentials and qualifications <clears throat> have to be achieved. And that's all true in this world that we're in. But if you can zoom back and kind of view things from a much higher level, we're basically playing a game with rules that someone else made that we agreed to follow Yeah, through many different ways. And the option exists for someone to step out of that and basically create a universe more of their own making where what we consider to be the typical way through doesn't apply anymore for very specific reasons. So yeah. a private association, private contract association, there are a lot of words that are thrown around and it's impossible to know what someone thinks they mean when they say these words, private contract association, private membership association, um, private member society, like on one level, they're all the same. But when you start talking to people who are using these words and 
their actual understanding or concept of what they think that word means starts to be made clear, it's obvious that these words mean many different things to many different people. Yeah. 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 You hear these words, these, these phrases passed around. And as I was mentioning before, people see that after my, on my business page or, you know, my letterhead, it says beloved holistics PCA or, uh, my official bank address is beloved, beloved holistics private association. And then they want to know more. And what they think that I'm doing is that I'm creating through a documentation process, a schematic in which now I am above the law or that I can subvert this matrix or that I don't ever have to pay taxes or ever show my ID. And it's not quite that simple. Not only do I think it's not that simple, I think what you're doing is act actually the opposite of that. Yeah. You are following the law. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> more more than your average bear. Yeah. Right. 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 And, right. and so this so this journey is kind of about developing a new way to see to understand what world you're in at any one time. So the matrix is one world that we were all raised in pretty much. It's the normal world. It's the world of the legal system. And the legal system, if you start digging into it, is governed by what, I mean, you would think it's governed by laws, but that's not what it's governed by. It's governed by what are called codes and statutes. If you dig down a couple different levels, you realize the matrix runs more like a business a corporate entity. Any corporate entity has bylaws and rules that the employees have to follow. And just at a at the highest level, our normal life is actually us being employees of a corporation and agreeing to follow rules right. that we call codes and statutes that most people think are laws. And so it's this bizarre overlay that's kind of been set upon humanity and, and, and the conditioning has been supplied to make the typical response to anyone deviating from this rule, those responses that you just said. Yeah. That, oh, you're skirting the law, you're getting around, you're doing a loophole, like all those feelings as though the matrix is the be-all and end-all judge, jury, and executioner yeah. Yeah. governing all of humanity, which is really the opposite of the truth, which is we have given it that power and continue to do so on a daily basis. Ninety-seven percent of women who are trying to conceive or they're already pregnant are taking a prenatal vitamin, yet ninety-five percent of them still have nutrient deficiencies. Why on earth would that be? Well, it's because like most processed stuff that you find in the store, the grocery store, or the drugstore, whatever, is going to be made to only meet the very, very bare minimum of what the recommended daily allowances of variety of nutrients. So the women behind a new company I'm partnering with called Needed, they picked up on this and they started testing the nutrient levels of mamas and mamas-to-be in order to determine what truly needs to be in these supplements. So then they went on to make a whole product line, one of which I wanted to tell you about today, the Complete Nutrition Plan, which delivers total nourishment. It's super easy to take. And it includes a couple things all packaged up for you nicely. A prenatal multi, which comes in either powder, capsule, or an essentials format. A vegan omega-3, a sustainably sourced uh, collagen protein, and a tailored pre and probiotic. That's everything a woman needs for optimal perinatal health. And to sweeten the deal a little further, as a listener of the Holistic Obituary Podcast, you can go to their website, thisisneeded.com. Enter code BELOVED100, B-E-L-O-V-E-D-100 at checkout, and you'll save $100 off your first three months of Needed's complete plan. I can't recommend it enough. If we have more kids, this is definitely my go-to, and it is my pleasure to be able to tell you a little bit more about them today. So again, it's thisisneeded.com. Enter code BELOVED100, and you'll save $100 off your first three months of Needed's complete plan for perinatal health. Let's get back to the show. This matrix that you're describing, the way that we consent to be a part of this starts very, very early in life. It starts before we even, you know, if a baby is born in the hospital, it starts before the baby leaves the hospital intentionally. And what I'm relating to, what I'm referring to is the birth certificate. So as I understand, somewhere in the early 20th century, maybe around the 1930s, there was 
a system put in place that we now see as the birth certificate system, which succeeded a previous documentation of a person having been born. Are you able to talk a little bit about the birth certificate conundrum for anybody out there who's considering a home birth? I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, And just so, you know, I've been looking into this stuff for a long time. And there are a lot of things that people argue about over and over. Yeah. This is true or that's true or no, I heard or no, I did this thing. And that's never been of interest to me. Like the man I beware the most is the one who thinks he's right. (laughs) Yeah. Simply because that's the guy who stopped thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the moment at which all of this turns into a religion, Mm. which is going in the exact opposite direction of anything my heart wants to do. Jason, let me repeat that for, for let me just repeat that for the, it, it bears repeating. The person who thinks they're right is the person who's stopped growing and stopped learning. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I, I, my journey is I'm looking for the truth and if I can't find it, that's okay. Like I'll keep looking. I don't right. know that it's out there and available and all the four, the places that I want it, but there are a lot of people who think they know the whole thing. And on first hearing it makes real good sense oftentimes but when you go digging some of the things just don't add up and you know this is a journey to me where like your heart knows the truth and when people wade into this world and they're so confused it's like a new language they kind of once again do what humans are trained to do forever and ever which is give their power to something you know and (laughs) so i can say to anybody like really trust your gut yeah, You know, if there are very few um, things that govern the direction I'm going, number one is it's a peaceful direction. Number two, it's not one that's fighting things. I'm not trying to change things that I don't control. I am exercising what you might call sovereign authority over myself and where I put my awareness and my energy and how I choose mm-hmm. to serve the world. Right. So it's all about me just as it's all about you. Um, and so that's a pretty unique thing that you will find out there because most of what you will find is like, ah, yeah, you know, fraud, we've been screwed, like take it down, like all that kind of stuff, which is not how human beings create a better world. Yeah. Right. So the birth certificate, there are a lot of, uh, stories about what that could mean, how it gets started, what it's hiding and everything, but the very core of it you are telling the state an entity about you are registering this event and you're basically um, creating a trust relationship where like on the old birth certificates where the mother would sign underneath it would, her title would be informant. Mm. She was informing the state basically of this abandoned property And the state is going to step in then and care for that property. So if you remember nothing else, just remember that this matrix is powered by contract because it's actually humans that power it. There's no external power source that keeps the lights on here. It is just like the Matrix movie. It is human awareness, belief, energy that holds this whole thing up. And that energy... And the places that we give it to are those relationships are formalized with contracts. We agree to X with this other party. And so the whole thing is based on that. Driver's license is a contract. Birth certificate is a contract. Signature card on a bank account is a contract. And all these things. And the one layer that we have to fit in here that we didn't quite mention is that the actual thing that is contractually obligated there are two things there is this corporate entity that's created when your birth is registered coincidentally has the same name as you right and that thing is created and through our life we agree to kind of be the collateral for that thing it it is its own kind of corporate entity and It's existing in a system that's already bankrupt. So you, Nathan, like your body, uh, through these contractual obligations, is basically you're putting yourself on the hook for the the debts 
of this entity that was created when your birth was registered. And that's the story of our whole life. That, that little entity with your own name, that is actually the only thing that can go through the matrix. Because the matrix is just a land of, of paper and like right, li- right. dead things, you know? Right, right. No living people are there. So we think, oh, it's normal, my credit rating, my bank account. None of it is yours. It is only your avatars. And most of the cases, in most of the situations, that's not even true. You know, you have to begin to just see the whole world a little bit differently. Hmm. And what a private association does, private contract association, is it basically carves out a little bit of protected space separate from this matrix thing that we're all kind of caught in. And it allows you to do your work in service to the world in a way where you aren't bothered. Hmm. So this corporate entity you're describing, is this another, is that a euphemism for, or is the straw man a euphemism for this, this thing that you're talking about? Uh, yeah, except a, in a straw man is kind of something that doesn't exist. It's kind of right. like a fake right. thing. I'm talking about something that does exist. Because hmm. if you look on the back of your birth certificate, you'll have a bond number. Like, it's a thing. You are traded. It, it exists. Huh. Yeah, I mean, your, your life force and the productive force of your whole life is hypothecated, meaning the value is figured in advance, pushing out into the future. And stuff is done with that. You know, but that's like a whole, you know, it's a... Like I said, it's a deep rabbit hole, but at the very core of it are very simple principles. Hmm. And one of them is that you, Nathan, the flesh and blood, is very distinct from this thing that you have thought or have been told was you your whole life, moving through the quote-unquote normal world. Yeah, so we didn't get our second our second child. We don't have a birth certificate for her. Um, it's part of partly the role, you know, <clears throat> the relationship that I've built with you. And just understanding, well, first off, just trusting you as a friend and knowing from the moment I met you, like, hmm, there's something that to learn from this guy. Like, he's done work that I haven't done. So it's partly a, a little bit of faith in the process, but also something just has started to not feel all that right. I mean, especially in these past couple of years, but I've been like a doubting Thomas my whole life. So it's almost like the past two years, this whole COVID thing has actually made it very clear that like, okay... There is clearly stuff happening behind the scenes that we're not supposed to be privy to, and that is not necessarily in our in our you know advantageous to us. So if my I'm bringing kids into the world, people always say they say things all the time like I can't imagine bringing kids into this world. Well, I can't imagine bringing kids and putting them into the matrix, but I would love for them to live a life where they feel you know they're standing in their truth, they're actually living in line with <clears throat> with their intuition and their. And um, and in love and compassion, as opposed to fear and hate, you know. So I know that you and I are very much aligned in there. Why was it that you and you and your your wife Marin have had? Um, you have ten children. You had all but one of them at home, right? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, the last one wanted a ride oh, to the hospital that's right. so he could come home. But that's yeah. right. But you guys got out of there like as soon as the placenta was out. <laughs> you were like, See ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know. So Marin, of course, is a midwife. You're this incredible dad and partner, and um, you guys have decided to not do birth certificates for your children. And I know that Amelia, your oldest, is now, she's 18 or 17? 19 years old. Oh, she's 19. So she's now of, quote, adult age, whatever that really means. But Mm -hmm. I know that she's now wrestling with the realities that, oh, man, she hasn't been in the Matrix. And if she wants to be in the Matrix, okay. But she's going to have to do the work now to plug herself in. So walk me through the conversations that you and Marin had. For any parents out there that are listening, that are thoughtful about the birth certificate process and um, how to perhaps, again, I don't have the language for this, but to not automatically just go to the default, which is, hey, just plug your kid into the matrix. It'll be easier. Like, just tell me about those conversations you and Marin had. Well, it's certainly been an evolution. You're talking to a recovering straight A sheep perfect child who almost had a mental breakdown the day he made his first late credit card payment and knew his credit rating would get dinged. Wow. Like that's, I was in it to win it, (laughs) you know, in the worst possible way. So 
you're, gone you're a competitive that. sheep, a competitive straight edge sheep. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I was serious about it. Like these are visceral emotional reactions that yeah. I was living with when I strayed from what was supposed to happen. So we've gone from that to you can argue, practically speaking, when you get a certain base foundation of knowledge about mm. whether it's smart or not to get a birth certificate for your child. But my heart doesn't need to know any of that to know energetically mm-hmm. that me connecting to someone, something I don't want to see grow mm. is a good idea. So on one hand, it's extremely simple and only because we've been so conditioned to think about things, pros and cons. And like, like to me, there is no pro and con for truth. You're either doing it or you're not. And whatever that means to you, you're either a coward or you're brave. Mm-hmm. because you either choose to follow what your heart says or not. Right. So on one level, it's very simple. So, so it, in, in other words, if you felt in line with the matrix and the thing and you went that direction, that's okay. But if you energetically don't feel like this is right and you still do it, that's a problem. That's where we start to get into this sort of discord, this dissonance with the, with the universe. I mean, it's really, uh, I mean, I think betraying oneself is probably the worst. Yeah. It's the greatest crime. The worst thing you could do. Yeah, I agree. So with all of our kids, uh, much like you wouldn't put a loaded gun in the hand of a four-year-old, my journey has made it clear to me that putting them into the system is not my best choice as a father. We've done a lot of work to completely separate ourselves from anything in the matrix. And that's a long journey that Hopefully, given what's going on in the world, will not be required much longer. But who? But we've done it, and we're doing it. So I can't unknow all that. So yeah, right. with all of our kids, we protect them as we, according to our definition. And when they became come eighteen or whatever, they, I'll support them for whatever. Um, it is very convenient to go into the matrix, and I've been out so long that I forgot. Wow, this is really intoxicating. Yeah, everything is right here for you. But it's created in such a way where you do one thing and then you need this other thing. And before you know it, the contractual obligations most people enter into without even understanding what they're doing just multiply. Yeah. So each one is choosing their own path at the moment. And uh, even though some of them are, Amelia is choosing to do certain things in the system, quote unquote, it is very different from me. I thought that was life. She knows she's choosing to play in this cesspool, yeah, basically, right, right? For certain reasons. That's what an autonomous human does. Yeah. They make their own choices. So that's right. perfectly fine. In other words, you know, that little baby that you're signing, you know, you're signing as you said it used to be informant. Does it still say informant on birth I don't believe I mean things are changing and with online stuff, like it's all uh just the clues are kind of getting harder to spot. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know? So it used to be oh. pretty darn obvious in, in the birth certificate world. Yeah. Yeah. So before you even sign that birth certificate, you, you know, if, if you decided to sign that birth certificate, what you're saying is that you're, you're sort of choosing for this kid that you, that, that he or she is going to now be part of the matrix without them. ever. You are having... inviting the state in to care for your child as their property. Wow. Just like a marriage license, mm-hmm. you're requesting. A, so the problem is that in the matrix, pretty much everything is illegal and, and or quickly becoming that, right? Except that which is granted by license. That is permission. So that's why you need a license to get married. Yet another contractual obligation now between a man, a woman. Again, we're talking about the corporate entities, not the flesh and blood. Right, right. You know. We're talking about a contract between these two things. You need the, those two things are property of the state. That's why you need their permission to join them together. But in contract law, the fruits of any contract belong (laughs) to the owner of, you know, so you are, you're inviting the state into your world, but this relationship between the two of you, but also into the life of the child. Mm -hmm. So it's this terrible thing that we're just not really told about 
And so what, what happens is when someone grows up and gets to do the work like you do, you think it's normal to have to ask for permission mm-hmm. to serve the world. Mm-hmm. And for many people, that's normal. For many people, that's never a problem, even though it might be annoying. Yeah. For my wife, it became a problem because successfully following those rules meant she was purposely hurting women. Right, right. Which right. became intolerable. So she threw out her license to practice midwifery. And that's when our journey started to try to figure out a way to do this without being on the run. Hmm. Quick, a quick, uh, well, I definitely want to get into the midwifery conversation because we do have a lot of midwives that are going to be tuning into this and health, health coaches and other people that work sort of in the periphery of the healthcare professions. There's most doctors are not announcing hey, I'm going to give my license back and still practice medicine because we all know how that goes. Mm-hmm. But real quickly, you had mentioned before, um, and I, w- I wanted to round this early part of the conversation out, you had mentioned before that that there was a, uh, the term you used was hypothetization, hypothetization. Hypothecating. 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 <laughs> so yes. the hypothecating, so that process, I think what you're referring to is that this this bond number that's associated with your birth certificate is an entity upon which interest can be earned. And I've heard, I've heard little bits and, and pieces about this, but basically that bond could, you know, accumulates interest and gains uh, value over time. And that is the sort of associated, va- the associated value of the bond. Therefore, when you turn 18 is going to have so many millions of dollars in it. Is it possible to access that money? Is is that money that that you have access to once you're you know once you're eighteen and you've you've graduated? Can you talk a little at all about that? Yeah, I mean that's a question for like 150 steps down the road. Gotcha. And one that you'll find plenty of people will argue about forever about what is true or not there. And this is one of the things where like at one level it gets complicated and at another level it is extremely uh, simple. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is, if that's true, that there is all this equitable interest or however you want to, it's not money, um, but profits and proceeds most likely have been generated on the trade of these quote unquote financial instruments, Hmm. right? That's what people think is going on. If that's true, then ultimately we're still the source of all the value. Right. 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 Which to me is good enough to know that. Because if that's how valuable things are, I can, like, I mean, the point of a private association is to remove obstacles between your will and intention and the reality that you create. And if you truly embody the idea of our creative capacity and the rather limitless power that we have to make what's inside of us real, which is getting a little crazy for some people, but that's okay. Yeah. Then there's no, I got to go get that. You know, there's no feeling like that's mine. I got to, you know, I can get a hold of it now. It's like you're just an endless creation machine. And that's what this whole PMA PCA thing is about. It's simply a vehicle to exercise what we know is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the process of, uh, so I've worked with, with your company, Freedom Works, to form my association. And in the process, an important part of that process was the, with my hand on paper, writing out, what do I believe? What is my vision? What is my mission, etc. And one of your colleagues, Iona, helped me formulate this. But as we were going through it, she was really encouraging me to extend myself. Like, what is it that you are manifesting, that has manifested, that you're actually working for? Why are you here? Like, what is your power? Is this effectively what she was what she was asking? And it really, really kind of got me out of the thinking of being a medical professional and into thinking that I'm an autonomous human being looking to do better in the world and to improve the world. So sort of piggybacking on what you had just said, the purpose of establishing a private association again, going back to the very beginning of our conversation, is not just so you can give a big middle finger to the man. It's really a matter of, of acknowledging that my power is here and it has nothing to do with what you say I can and can't do. 
especially as it pertains to caring for people in the world. Well, and I think it it's a realignment of the human creative process. Right. So in the matrix, we're trained to, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up is the question. That implies a lot of things. Yeah. That implies that there are these preset choices that we have. So if you want to be a doctor, you know what that means. You know the hoops that you have to jump through, right? Because the structure is already there. But that's not the truth. That's the truth someone else sold to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the PMA or the PCA is a world where those pre-existing structures that really are meant to limit your creative capacity or at least co-opt it in certain directions are gone, mm -hmm. which is a very weird feeling for most humans. Because you look around and you're the one that gets to build everything. Right. Which right. can take a little work to like wow, well, what do I think? Like, it's it's quite a process. Yeah, yeah. It took me months. It took months and months and revision after revision. And Iona, like, I know you want to get this over with, but I think you need to go a little further in this way or that way. It was... And just one more clarification. You, yeah. you mentioned FreedomWorks as a company. So FreedomWorks is a private contract association, right? Yeah, you're right. I used the wrong so, word. So it is outside of the commercial world, just like one that you built. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to kind of keep, to tr retrain your brain to understand, oh, this is happening over here in the matrix, but I'm doing this thing that fundamentally is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that somebody listening is a coach or a midwife or a doctor, or whatever, uh, Chinese medicine doctor, whatever it is. What is the ideal person to work with you in order to set up a private association? What is the profile of that person? I think the first requirement to really get the most out of this is someone who is both, number one, they have an open mind. It's not like we know everything. Like I, I have hopefully made it clear before. That's never my goal because to me that's like death, you know, in a living body is to get to that point. But this whole world is, is a different beast. It's a different thing to navigate. And so to allow those structures that we thought were the way things are, to just crumble or at least second guess yeah. them. You know, that's number one. Number two, we need self-responsible people. Meaning, uh, you know, the matrix trains us to have an emotional feeling of okayness if we're following the rules. Right. So it's like it's it's like worse than a Pavlovian situation because we're doing it like thousands of times a day. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. that in on time. Oh, I won't have to pay that penalty or like all that kind of stuff. But that's not responsibility. Hmm. That's being, that's, that's following the rules of mommy and daddy. Right. And we do that even, even if we're 50 or 60 years old, it doesn't matter. This is very different. Can you speak your truth? Can you live that? And can you stand on it? Yeah. Meaning when someone has a problem with it, then what? Do you run and hide? Do you stand there calmly? And have a conversation, you know, so the journey into the world of the private contract association to me is giving up the looking for a savior or the blanket that you need at night to feel okay. Cause that to me, if you really want that, this isn't the place to get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. plenty of places will give it to you, but you will be very uncomfortable forever. Uh, if you go this route. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I think just someone who either, just energetically, vibrationally, philosophically uh, is interested in participating in a new way for humans to live and work. Uh, I mean, I a long time ago got rid of the belief that the system is worthy of rehabilitation or changing. Like from an energetic uh, standpoint, that's kind of insane. Yeah. Because yeah. feeding energy into something makes it grow. So if you don't want it to grow – the only appropriate response is withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And of course, this journey is helpful for anyone who's actually under the microscope for doing what they do and or being so highly regulated that they feel like they're not actually able to serve the world because through licensure or whatever, they've agreed to follow a set of terms and regulations that take their autonomy away. They, yeah. They've given it away. Yeah, right, right. I'm taking a, a, a longer than normal pause here because the, when you speak about these things, it really should make you thoughtful. 
about, you know, what you're doing here. And I think a lot of people would argue, you know, like you said, that from an early age, you know, we incentivize obedience. You know, even in medicine, we incentivize the, you know, um, our education system with more education. Like, oh, good, the cream of the crop and the next level of education gets rewarded with even more education. Um, and then those people get rewarded in medicine. You get rewarded with a residency training where you get to narrow your focus of practice and you actually are rewarded from there if you're more obedient with a fellowship or with a job. And then from there, you're, you still have to be obedient. You still have to work by the rules of some panel of legislators who have decided this is what the scope of an OBGYN does or a midwife for that matter. And the license is your permission to enact the within the parameters that this group of this legislators have decided is the scope of practice. Um, but the vast majority of, of the practices that I do, not the vast majority, but even if there's 10% of what I do that would be out of, out, out of the bounds, or probably most of what Marin does or wishes she could do in caring for people, um, when it falls out of the, the parameters that are set by these legislators, we say, oh, that's disobedience. But it's only, it's, it's only relevant if you're accepting that I'm going to be a part of the matrix. And if you're going to be a part of the matrix, then yes, you're going to have to follow these rules with threat of being charged with disobedience, which we call crime. Well, that is, I mean, that's the contract. That's what you agreed to. Exactly. So, People think, oh, they're controlling me. They're like, I can't do this. But the power came from them. Right. The power to give their power away. <laughs> right. Right. Which is really one of the most uplifting things that you could possibly discover about yourself. Yeah. Is that all of these structures that you feel are controlling you, you power them. And private contract association is called private because. It exists in what you might call a private jurisdiction, a private world of its own. The matrix is the public. All of the legal codes and statutes, all of the public officers, they're there to protect the public. So if you go as a doctor without a license and start helping the public, which is the matrix property, that's a problem mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they are charged with protecting the public. Right. When you step out of that jurisdiction, that public jurisdiction, into a private one, and the work that, that you do with someone is governed by a contract simply between you and that party, and you know what you're doing and how to set all of this up, then the charge of the public officers has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. You are no longer serving the public, number one. So by definition... Their jurisdiction, you know, doesn't come over to where you are. If you haven't heard by now, the world is becoming increasingly electrified. We're putting satellites up all over the ionosphere, poking holes in the ionosphere, covering, immersing us. We are now swimming in waveforms of all types. We're talking 5G, we're talking EMF. To make matters worse, all of those signals are then being drawn to our phones, which are then amplifying the signal to devices like the earbuds that are probably in your ears right now. And what you don't know is that over the past 20 years or so, these signals have gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, which is why those earbuds, especially your Apple earbuds, can produce such incredibly intense, clear signals right into your ear holes right it's, it's almost like you're at you're like on a psychedelic journey at a concert whenever you have those earbuds in and it does that by putting powerful radio waves out into your space this emf comes with low dose radiation and albeit low dose you're probably being bathed in this just millimeters from your skull all day long if you're listening to podcasts or music or whatever so it's one thing you need to consider the effects of emf on your health on your nervous system on your brain and there's a company now, Waveblock. And if you go to waveblock.com, you can buy a pair of stickers that go right on the earbuds, right on the stocks. You don't even know that they're there. They also sell stickers that go on the backs of your cell phone. And these stickers block more EMF than any other product on the market. So as a listener of the Holistic OBGYN podcast, you can go to waveblock.com, enter code BELOVED, B-E-L-O-V-E-D, and save 25% on these tiny little stickers that can do a world of good. 
So for just maybe a hundred bucks or so, you're going to save your brain, your nervous system, your kid's brain if you're holding your phone right next to her head while, she, while you're breastfeeding her from all of that EMF. So go to waveblock.com, save 25% using code BELOVED. Let's get back to my conversation with Jason. Yeah, so let's walk through a, a typical scenario, right? A, um, a midwife finds a, a, uh, an association that's going to help them form a PMA or a PCA. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they go through the, the hoops, they pay whatever, you know, so many thousands of dollars. And they, they now have their papers, they get their patients to sign these papers or their clients. Um, they, they sign it, you now have a contract with this person that we're going to settle things privately if anything were to go wrong. I'm going to do my very best to care for you, but you're contracting with me because you're entrusting me with my clinical decision-making prowess or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a pregnant woman. She has her baby. The baby has to be rushed to the you know, the hospital for some reason, whether before or after birth. And somebody in the hospital calls a, an anonymous tip into the into the police station or whatever and says, um, there was a midwife who was attending this birth at home, and we we frown upon that here. So that the the police goes to this this midwife's door and says you're under arrest, and they say, "To hell with you! I was practicing under a private association, a contract, a private contract with my client, and the client's right here. She's super happy, happy as can be, right? She has her baby. She's breastfeeding well. You know, we're doing doing our thing." Describe to me, how do, how do you talk to people and counsel people about the utility of a private association um, if you are practicing outside of a licensure agreement with the state? How does this actually serve to, pro- to quote, protect you if it even does that at all? Uh, the first thing that I would say is what you're technically doing within the realm of a private contract association or a private society. And again, you know, we're skipping over in that story there. Yeah probably 200 steps that would have had to have happened <laughs> um, poorly or wrongly, you know, or um, incompletely for all of that stuff to transpire. So it's easy for our brain to go through all of that as like one thing. Yeah. There, there are a lot of points in there. Um, even before we get to that situation that could have made that whole thing not happen. Okay. So, right. But, the fear is still there. So it doesn't really matter what I say. It, that's what is yeah. in people's hearts, scared to death of that. And so the answer is a couple things. Number one, and if you if you want to, the address is freedomworkspca.org forward slash FAQ for frequently asked questions because we get these questions. Um, and so we put a whole page there mainly to help people understand that PMA, PCA, all of these options are very different and they really need to know what they're getting, what is being created, what the process is that they're going through with each of these options, because it is night and day. So part of this is education. Part of this is working through conditioning, which are two huge parts that have nothing to do with even what you asked. Yeah. Part three is knowing actually how to put one of these things together which is way more than like two sheets of paper, Mm -hmm. right? Part four would be understanding or having the education to offer the appropriate response in light of any of those confrontations happening, okay? This is like the scene in the matrix when Neo gets kicked out of the bubble and he looks around and he realizes like the gravity of what, what the hell's going on. When you take responsibility for yourself on your shoulders, the first couple days are not pleasant in my experience Mm -hmm. because you realize to what extent we have been trained to offload responsibility for virtually everything in our life. Financial experts, insurances, like it's everywhere. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that on my shoulders. These guys are going to take care of it. But what that ends up creating is a prison. Mm -hmm. And so you said, who are we looking for? We're looking for people who can stand with the truth and not run away. Yeah. And really grow themselves up in the way that is required to be able to manage their own affairs. So it's not a small 
ask, yeah. you know, as yeah. you have experienced. Yeah. But those are always the questions you get, Be, you know, and I think the worst service that we could offer to someone is to try to placate someone's fear. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I live this, you know, so, but for me to push anybody into this journey, I would never do. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but, but for me and all the people I help, like there is, you know, you realize after a little while that the matrix has scared us about responsibility because only in the presence of complete self-responsibility do you get freedom. It doesn't get granted to you by somebody else. You have to own like your entire sphere of reality before freedom shows up. Yeah. And so this whole PCA thing, it kind of forces you into a little part of that journey. Right. Right. Let's say that that experience that I described, let's say that that were to happen, I don't know, to Marin, to your wife. I think what I'm, I think what you're getting at is those 200 steps from point A to point B that I described were were opportunities for you to not consent to the thing that you see unfolding. It's like a, like a slow moving car, car wreck. There would be a lot of, of that in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, there would be an understanding of what is actually going on. So like in the legal system, flesh and blood doesn't get charged, right? Your entity, your U S franchise is getting charged. That is an accounting situation. The accounting the account has to be settled. There is a charge on it. I'm literally talking about numbers. If you know how to settle that account, the inventory or the collateral, which is your flesh and bones that you've agreed to have be on the hook, doesn't get warehoused, which is what we call going to jail or prison. Warehoused. They have to keep the collateral safe while the bond is out there. Yeah. And every charge in a court, everything that happens there, it's all about money. That is what's going on behind the scenes. So yes, many steps, a lot of understanding, and really it's it's like a restoring of you becoming the center of your own universe. The matrix trains us that the universe is there and we have to fit into it. Mm-hmm. That in my experience is the opposite of the truth. The universe is what we make it to be collectively and individually. And that's the power we have. Mm -hmm. And that's why all of this shit has been created because should enough people figure that out, the charade like is over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to press you a little bit on this though. So what if a person does get arrested and they're like, I've got my PMA paperwork, you know, I'll go to the moment in the moment you would, I mean, you're dealing with people who are pointing guns at your face. Right. Right. So in the moment you're calm and collected and you do whatever you're told. Again, this is not confrontation. This is not fighting because the system knows how to deal with that. They're really good at that. Yeah, right. You know, They've got a so, bigger tank than I do. <laughs> so that would be a stupid move to step into what they know how to deal with, right? But after that initial situation is over, just like you know, that's when, I mean, if you, if you really have skipped over all the other important steps that could have completely diverted this situation even up to and including i mean i said this last but this is really first in my life it's like don't write these things into your script like until you believe how powerful you are you'll think that's a stupid thing to say irresponsible probably naive whatever Mm -hmm. but the moment you get a glimpse maybe believe in yourself for like half a second someday about your ability to exert power over what the reality is, then you won't discount stuff like this. And so that's why this whole PCA journey, like you can't just do it on this one level, like the papers. If you just want the papers, get them somewhere. You can probably download stuff from the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, but that is not the journey. That is just a tool on the journey. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make. They're looking for, just like when you apply for your Ohio medical license or whatever, you send your papers in, you get your background check or whatever, and then they say, great, you know, we reviewed it. You're not a, an, you know, you're not a criminal. You haven't committed any crazy felonies or medical malpractice. 
So here's your papers. Congrats. You have permission to, to, to pr- practice here in the state. Here's your license. I think we're used to that. We've become so conditioned to this idea that, you know, you just go in and you fill out the paperwork and they send you your new license or your driver's license or whatever else. That's um, when you now ask them to actually step back to formulate what, how are they going to engage within or without the matrix? Like, like, and I'm not even talking about forming a PMA. Like when you present what you've just said to a person, it is confronting to the core of what we've been conditioned or indoctrinated to believe life is all about. Yeah. If you want to grow yourself up really quickly, do something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I can tell you that's been my experience as well. Even just reading through the paperwork of the PMA and carefully, I mean, you know, I sent you so many dumbass questions, but for you, you, you may not see them as dumb, but for me, it's like, gosh, I've never seen this language before. So let me make sure I really understand every word and why you're using capitals, why you're using lowercase, like what are we really talking about here? And that is a self-exploration. That is a process whereby you start to really understand the power that your feet have on the ground with or without, well, actually without the state and, and all these other people who have been uh, afforded the privilege of keeping us safe and for taking off the worry and taking away our fears of, of not achieving our goals or whatever else. Like, um, and that approach of asking a lot of questions? Yeah is the number one to have when you understand truly the power that consent is. Yeah. Right. We just throw it around like, Oh yeah, I got to sign this. Fine. Like if you really get in your core, the power that comes with your consent, Mm -hmm. you don't just throw it around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about consent, you know, on my podcast here, but Marin and I have had multiple conversations around this and the informed decision-making process. And it's, it's a vast majority of what I do in my collaborator program, whereby, you know, midwives will call me for help with clinical decision-making. And the word that really bugs me is, um, allow or permission or safety. Like those words are nebulous. Like they don't really mean anything because it's all a matter of relativity. I guess the reason I bring that up is, is that it's like, you know, uh, my, my patient, here's the basics, the patient's age, here's her medical history this and that. Do you think I should allow her to birth at home? Right. (laughs) It's like, well, it's not, we are not in a place where we can allow or prohibit a person from doing anything. That's not the role of a doctor, nor is it the role of the state in my opinion, but we've been conditioned to seek permission to do everything as if it really mattered, as if we don't have the, you know, we having been born with feet on the ground that we actually don't have the right to do something. Right. And, um, and I'm not like, I don't want people to be like, yeah, do you have the right to go and run your car down the road and kill a bunch of people? Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. That actually would be a violation of their natural rights as humans to not be violated in, in person or property. But even something as, as deeply important as birth is rife with this language around permission and around um, whatever. And we say, oh, I can, you know, she has to consent to this or that. Like, what do you mean by consent? You know, what, do, what does that word really mean? Um, and I would say that everything that happens to me or for me has to be with my consent. But we still kind of say, well, it's, it's on you unless it's against the rules that were set by somebody else. That's kind of how people talk about consent. So, so what does consent mean to you, Jason? I mean, your consent is your power. Yeah. So the only way you build a prison for 8 billion souls is to get them to build it themselves. And the only way that you affect countless generations is to create a vehicle by which a woman can willingly offer her power in one of the most powerful, in the most powerful (laughs) event that there is. If you get enough women believing that is the appropriate thing to do, whether you have to scare them, cajole them, demean them into doing it, you Mm. own the world. Mm. And the good news is that like with one shift in perspective and consciousness, everyone can take that back. 
Yeah, something that just just came to mind was when I was in the uh, in residency training in the hospital. This woman came in and she had had like nine kids. Everybody on the unit knew her because they had seen this lady come in, have babies, go home. She'd come back like a couple years later, got pregnant again, and it was like with there was multiple dads, you know, and she had a really rough social sort of some psychosocial issues there. But what was very endearing about her was that she would come in to labor and delivery, like feeling like, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. She'd want a little bit of care and support. We'd give her that. And then she would just decide when she was going to leave. And we have a policy about like the, you know, in the hospitals, this is pretty common on labor delivery units that you need to be monitored. Your baby needs to be monitored for like 20 minutes for this reason, or maybe an hour for this. And we might be concerned and have to keep you overnight. And everybody would just go along with that. Like, oh man, we can't go. Dang, we can't leave. All right, well, I guess we'll just, uh, my, my husband has to go move the car because the meter's going to run out. And okay, we'll stick around. Like, man, that's, that stinks. Yeah, it's the best thing though for you. Okay, doc, yeah, we'll do that. This lady never, never went by the rules. She would just like decide I'm, I'm leaving now. And she would take the monitors off and go home. And it, and it drove everybody crazy. But I remember even telling Stephanie about this whenever I got home from one of my shifts. And I remember this lady coming in and she just decided she was going to leave. And they, and people were just like, I can't believe she just left. You know, we have the hospital policy says this, this, this. And she's like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go home. And just think about how simple that is. If a person just said, no, I'm going to go home. Like what, what harm has she done? What rule has she really broken? You know, like the hospital policies are a really, really good example of what you're talking about, where you don't have to stay. You actually, by right, can leave whenever you want. There's, this is not a prison. You're not, you know, prohibited from leaving ever unless you consent to playing by those rules. Um, and this lady definitely did not. She was just sort of like, she knew her power and she wasn't even mean about it. She was like, no, I'm going to go home. Yeah. And just that is in out. every woman and every man just waiting yeah. Yeah. to be remembered. Right. So that's, that's the work we are helping to do. So you wake people up to this. Well, they wake themselves up. I just, we just give them an excuse, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, the right people find this yeah. because they look at what's going on out there and they just can't, so they can't perpetuate that. Yeah. Their heart says no. Yeah. You know? And so there are solutions for those people. So there you have it. Well, there was a couple more things I wanted to ask you about, but we're, you know, we're getting close to the hour here. How can people find, well, you said freedomworkspca.org. Tell them the process as to how you, you would like people to find you, I suppose. Um, set up a free call. They can go there. Um, and generally the first step is just watching a short presentation about what we're about, how, what this means. Some, some more of the details that they need to know differentiate you know this path from this path from this path so a little bit of education provided that resonates then we, you know if they have questions we can talk and then uh, forward more details about exactly what this looks like but really it's like a there's got to be a clear oh this is for me you know we're not a business we don't sell people i'm not interested in convincing like this is a journey where if you need to be convinced it's just not for you right now you right know, that's okay so yeah, they can Jason at freedomworkspca.org. They can email me. Um, you know, we treat people like humans and everybody's on their own journey. Yeah. I love that about you. Well, Jason, thank you so much for sharing so much with me. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour already. Um, I've got like so many more things. Yeah, if I, if I hadn't commandeered a midwife's uh, office, I wouldn't have to get out in a few minutes. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. That, that stubborn midwife that you call <laughs> your, right. your, your favorite person on the planet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, I, I wish you well. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, say hi to Marin. Kiss all 10 of your children for me, um, especially that cute little Rumi soul who's... <laughs> yeah. How old is Rumi now? He's over a year now. Over almost. a year now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And um, of course, if anybody out there wants to know more about midwifery um, and, and school, learning how to, to, to be a radical midwife, um, you can find um, Jason's wife, Marin's company at Indie Birth, Indie Birth School. It's anybirth.org, I believe. So that's correct. All right. Well, Jason, we'll we'll catch up and talk more about some of these ta- these themes later. Thanks for sharing sharing some Thank time with so me. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be doing it. All right. I'll talk Take to care. you soon. Bye.
I am so grateful. My life has become so much better knowing people like Jason Leister. If you want to find him, go to freedomworkspca.org. He and his team will be glad to help you set up your first private association um, so you can start doing business based on your terms, period. I think that's a good enough reason to go and check them out. Our sponsors today were waveblock.com. Use code BELOVED to save 25% on the best EMF blocking technologies for your earbuds or your cell phone on the market. And Needed, this is one of our new sponsors. I really, really, really hope you guys appreciate just how important this company Needed is. They're producing, their product line is all sustainably sourced, clinically tested. They've actually gone to women, tested where are the nutrient deficiencies, and then they cater their entire product line to that. So go to thisisneeded.com. You can use code BELOVED to save 20% on any of their products. If you go for one of their complete products, which is a multiple, uh, like their complete women's or complete men's multi, you can use code BELOVED100 and save $100 off your first three months supply. My name's Nathan Riley. I'm a doctor. Remember, nothing you heard on this show is medical advice. It is entertainment and information at its finest. And if you want to work with me, my practice website is belovedholistics.com. I do take on private clients. I also have a collaborator program. If you're a midwife, doula, birth educator, some other type of doctor, and you want an MD consultant, you can sign up for my collaborator program. All of that information is on the website. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, you can sign that. Sign up for that at my, my website. Um, I also have a podcast show notes website at holisticobgynpod.com. You'll find a whole host of information about Jason and his work, um, as well as information and references from every other episode on the show. Uh, we are a 501c3. If you want to make a donation, it's tax deductible. Couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you so much for making my job so amazing, making me so excited to wake up every single day and to continue to do this work. It, it is just so much fun. Until next time, I'm Dr. Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN. This is the Holistic OBGYN podcast. I will see you soon.